first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Ethan Person from the Sunshine State, Florida. Today we'll, t- we'll be talking with Michael Uslan, the executive director from the Batman franchise, cast members from Fatima, the director from the one and only Ivan, and a cinematographer from Swan Lake Bath Ballot. First, but we'll be listening to Sean and Jude's interview with Michael Uslan, the executive director from the Batman franchise. Hi there, I'm Sean Mani. And I'm Jude Adler. And we're reporting for Kids First. And today we are super excited to be chatting with Michael E. Uslan, a well-known figure in the entertainment industry. Michael is the originator and executive producer of the Batman film franchise, from Batman 18, uh, from Batman 1989 to The Dark Knight to Joker to 2021's The Batman. And he's currently serving as an advisor for Genius Brands, a company dedicated to creating and licensing kids' animated multimedia. Thank you so much, Michael, for taking the time to speak with us today. I've been looking forward to this. Uh, let's do it. Um, so just to, just to start us off, um, for maybe our younger viewers listening, um, how would you explain what you do if you were explaining it to an 11-year-old? Just the way some people build houses. I build what we call branded franchises. And that means I take somebody's idea somebody's comic book, somebody's book or play uh, or screenplay, and I use it as a blueprint. And then we build on that. We get the best people in the industry. If you're building a house, you want to get the best mason, the best carpenter, the best electrician and plumber. We get the best director, the best writers, the best actors, and the best crew. And we put together a skyscraper, and we have a budget that we have to adhere to. And we have our master plan. And that's kind of what we do. And if you do it with a brand, meaning something that people recognize and know around the world, then you have a chance to, with all the clutter and all the media all around from streaming to TV to movies, you have a chance to stand out and get people's attention. And when you build a brand, it can go on and on with sequels and animation and toys and games and music and uh, theme parks so that you build your own little empire every time you do it. It's not just about making movies. Mm-hmm. That, that must take a long time. It just, it's, a whole, it's a whole process. It takes a long time. To uh, tell you truthfully, our first Batman movie, I bought the rights to Batman from DC Comic Books in 1979 when I was a kid in my 20s. I raised some money privately, and I went in and I bought the rights to Batman. I mean, That's incredible. Going, That's impossible. It's, it's <laughs> inconceivable. But back in the 70s, it was a very different story than it was today. There, except for Superman, there were no comic book movies around, mm-hmm. and nobody was interested in them at all. And literally, I was the only one who showed up with passion and a vision to make dark and serious Batman movies and show the world he wasn't simply the joke, funny guy that he was on the old 1960s TV series. And I was able to do it. I actually made it happen. But from the time I bought the rights till I finally was able to get our first movie made, it took 
10 years. Wow. wow. That's every, long time. every studio in Hollywood turned me down. They said it was the worst idea they ever heard. You can't do serious comic book movies. You can't do dark superheroes. You're out of your mind. And so it was like 10 years of rejection that I had to kind of persevere and keep believing in myself and believing in this uh, before we were able to pull it off. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I would, I mean, definitely perseverance, I think, is something that's really, really important. Perseverance kind of sticking through, I feel, is a big part uh, of your journey. So uh, tell us a bit more about that. Did, will the struggle that you faced maybe establishing Batman as a successful character in film impact in any way your work at Genius? And over your career, have you approached your work differently after you faced the struggle establishing Batman as a, as a serious comic book character? Holy moly, that's a loaded couple of questions there. Let <laughs> me just tell you this, that my partner on Batman, Ben Melnicker, was my father's age. And he was a legend in the movie business. He had been running MGM in its golden era of Hollywood. And when the movie was ready to screen for the first time, and we were seeing it completed for the first time, it was a big theater, and there were only about 10 or 12 of us there. And he stopped me before we went in. We were in the lobby, and he says, Michael, you are going to walk through this dark velvet curtain, this black curtain right here, and two hours from now, you're going to come out and your life is going to be changed. And he was right. He was absolutely right. Nothing was ever the same again. I started out with my passion in life. I'm a comic book geek. I love Batman. I love my comic books. Um, I've since donated 45,000 comic books for my collection to Indiana University's Lilly Library. Um, but that, that, so you've you got to start with passion. And then you got to do something magical. It's called getting up off the darn couch. <laughs> you, you've got to be proactive. You can't sit back and say, okay, I'm entitled here. The world's going to come to me. The world owes me something. you got to jump off the couch and make it happen. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking with cast members from Fatima and the director from the one and only Ivan and a cinematographer from Swan Lake Bath Ballet. And right now, we're going to continue listening to Ashan and Jude's interview with Michael Uslan, the executive director from the Batman franchise. So, but I personally think your job will be a blast because your whole career and your whole journey sounds amazing. But I bet there are more fun parts than others. So whether it's working with Archie Comics at Genius or executive producing the next Batman movie, what do you think is the most fun thing about your job? Besides writing every Batmobile, of course. It's because this is, a, it seems like it's a gigantic business, but it's really not. And it's all about who you get to know. And it's a very, it's very much a socialization process, kind of put on hold during the pandemic, uh, I might add. Um, but it's about building relationships and building trust with people. Um, when I was 11 years old, I met a guy who was going to change my life. He was my idol when I was 11 years old, and his name was Stan Lee. And um, when I later in life taught the world's first ever college accredited course on comic books, which was Indiana University back in the early 70s, um, Stan was one of the first people to call me and say, Michael, what you're doing is great for the whole comic book industry. How can I help you? It was at that moment that Stan Lee became not only my idol, but my mentor. And that relationship over the years blossomed into a friendship that is unforgettable for me. 
his influence in my life, the joy he brought to my life in terms of his work, as well as himself personally. Um, so now to be working with Genius Brands and to be overseeing the Stan Lee brand, the Stan Lee legacy. I can't tell you how many lunches and dinners we had and all the conversations we've had. Um, we even taught the first ever online course on comic books and superheroes, which was offered by the Smithsonian Institution through edX. And you can actually sign up now, it's free. And it's oh, called The okay. Rise of the Superheroes. It's taught by me, my son David, and Stan Lee. And when we originally started, we had 165,000 students sign up. And there have been many more since then. And they just started reoffering it in July. So you guys all want to check that out. Um, and the fact that now I can go through the 200 um, concepts and characters that Stan created since his Marvel days and figure out what would be the best to bring to the world, which writers, which artists, how do we do it? Um, and Genius Brands has been so great to work with. The head of it, Andy Hayward and I, uh, back in the good old days, did about five or six animated shows together in the past. Mm -hmm. And we both, together on one of our shows, won the Emmy Award for Best Kids Series. And we were up there on stage collecting it together because we brought um, the computer game Where in the World is Carbon San Diego to TV. And that was really, really a cool thing to do because it was educational as well as entertaining. So now to be working with my old pal, Andy, to be doing this with the Stanley legacy, I couldn't be more proud. I couldn't, I couldn't be having more fun. And I'm totally aware of the kind of responsibility that's on my shoulders right now. Mm -hmm. So I would like to ask, so why did you choose to move from executive producing, writing, and building the Batman franchise to Genius Brands? And what's something unique about your role at Genius? Well, you have to understand that nothing is exclusive. I'm still doing all the other fun stuff. Um, I am as busy as could be. Um, even before the pandemic, I could never tell the difference between my Tuesdays and Wednesdays or Saturdays and Sundays. Um, I typically work... Um, these days, uh, 10 to 15 hours a day. Um, if I ever go to an eight-hour day, I'll feel like I'm semi-retired. <laughs> and up until the pandemic, we've been traveling the world doing what we do. We've, um, we opened up China to so many new things that we were doing. Thailand, Japan, South Korea, uh, recent, more recently Saudi Arabia. So we're taking on a huge international profile as well. And one of the things that I'd like to do, you know, in the future, I put out a clarion call. You know, here in the United States, we've given the world all these great superheroes. Most of them are based on Greek, Roman, and Egyptian mythologies that we've modernized and made into our own. But where are all the superheroes from Asia? Where are all the superheroes from South America? Where are all the give us give us the superheroes from your culture? I want to know about your history and culture and mythology. Um, and I would love to see more of that. Um, with the Stanley brand, we're going to make sure everything that we're doing is diverse and is authentic and organic for international audiences because we want to make global content. A lot of the big studios here in America these days are focused on making content for American boys who play video games. And we think <laughs> it goes far, far beyond that. Uh, so we are very, very globally minded.
quite amazing. You're a symbol of perseverance for everyone around the world, and you're doing amazing things. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. But remember, if I could do it, anybody could do it. <laughs> I, I had no money. I had no contacts. I had no relatives. But you always look for a door that's open a smidgen where you can just jam your foot neck door and go walking in through. And, and think of it. Oh, I got nothing to lose. Uh, yeah, I'm going to roll the dice here. Um, I'm going to give it a shot. Let me see where, where it'll take me. And I've done that so many times since I was a kid. Uh, and it's kind of the way I wound up with the rights to Batman. 100%. Yeah. Thank you so much for talking with us today, Michael. It's been a pleasure. This has been great. I appreciate you yeah. guys welcoming, uh, welcoming me into your audience. And uh, I hope everybody will continue to follow what we do with the Stan Lee brand at Genius Brands and keep your eye out for the next Batman movie because it's going to be awesome. It's going to be epic. Looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm very Thanks, excited Kevin. for that. As a fellow superhero fan, I'm very excited. Thanks so yes. much. And in the words of, I did, now was it Aristotle or Plato? Some guy who said, Excelsior. Yeah. Maybe it was Stan Lee, I come to think of it. I think it was Stan Lee. I believe it was Stan Lee. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. I'm Ishan Money. And I'm Jude Adler. Let's take a break. I'm Ethan Purston from the Sunshine State, Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Gigantosaurus, the biggest, fiercest dinosaur of all. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ethan Purston from the Sunshine State, Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just got done listening to Ashan and Jude's interview with Michael Uslin, the executive director of Batman, and now we're going to be talking with Heather, 
on Fatima and some of the actors that she's met. First of all, what's Fatima about? So it's about this story in 1917 that really did happen. It's about Sister Lucia and her and her cousins, Jacinta, and then Jacinta's brother. They all met the Virgin Mary. And then the town finds out about their meeting. And then some believe it, others don't. And then there's this whole thing of whether it was true or not. And it was. So I've actually saw the trailer, and it looks really nice. I really want to watch that. Um, and that actually leads me to my next question. Did the trailer have, um, like, in your opinion, do you think it spoiled anything? No, I don't think it did. I think it set it up really, really nicely with suspense to make you want to see it. I know I got a YouTube ad about it the other day. And I was like, oh, that's nice. This, this is really nice. <laughs> so overall in the movie, do you think they could have did anything better? Or do you think it's just fine the way it is? I think it's fine just the way it is because at the end we see real photographs of when the miracle of the sun happened, which is a big event in the film. And we see how everything is so detailed. So I think they did it to a T. I thought it was wonderful. I actually love those type of movies that would say the true story at the end, like in the credits. That was, those are really like, it's so heartwarming to know that that's an actual story. So um, what's your favorite part of the whole movie? Ooh, there's, there's a lot. I like the interrogation. <laughs> there's there's a scene where the mayor interrogates Lucia and it's just this back and forth thing and then I like the miracle of the sun which I was talking to Joaquim about it today and he said it's like a week to film that scene because of the rain and the sun and I like that scene and now I like it more knowing the effort that they put into it so let's talk more uh about like who who are you talking with I want to know more about this I want to know some of the actors that you met because I heard that you met a few actors today <laughs> yes, so Joaquim de Almeida, Lucia Moniz, and Alejandra Howard. So I'm going to meet the lead actress, Stephanie Gill. So I'm really excited. They were such nice people, and they were very down-to-earth. I mean, Alejandra was just the cutest little thing. She's about 10 years old, I think. So she was just really nice. Joaquim, super, super cool. He was such a nice guy. We're talking about Portugal and Miami, because that's where I'm from. And Lucy, Lucia, Lucia. She was so nice, too. I mean, she got teared up because of, I, I was telling her about how much I loved her performance and she was tearing up. She was just a sweetheart. So um, out of all the people have you met or just anyone in the cast, is there any famous people or people that you've known before? Well, I know Harvey Keitel. He has a little part in the film, but he's a Hollywood legend. But I didn't know that Lucia and Joaquin... Um, they're very, very, very famous in Portugal. So now I'm like, okay, this is cool. Now they're feeding into our world. Joaquim has done a bunch of American English films. So he's, he's a really, really great actor. So that was an honor to meet them. So um, out of all the actors that you've met, which one do you think would be your favorite? Well, I mean, my favorite character would be Lucia because she's Sister Lucia's mom. And then now I know how she prepared for it, how heartbreaking it was to her to play this character. Once you see the film, you're going to understand why. Yeah. But she was just really mean, and she was telling me about how much it hurt her to play this character. I, so I thought that that character development was just amazing, and I think she's one of my favorites. Also, Stephanie's Lucia was incredible. We were talking about it, all of us, about how great she was in the film. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see this, though, because... To make an actor cry, they must really be in the part. So I would really love to see this movie. So um, 
what makes this movie like original than the rest of the movies? What makes this one special or stands out most? I think because Joaquin had also done a Fatima because this is a really big tale in Portugal. He had done a Fatima, but he said about the difference of how we see more of the bystanders in his. And now in this one, we see more of the children. And I think this one really focuses on all the struggles that the kids went through. And imagine not even their parents believed them. So I think, I think that the performances of the kids, the actors was just phenomenal. Then we really get to see more character development. I, I think this one's a lot more in depth. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking with some guests from Batman, the one and only Ivan on Disney Plus, and Swan Lake Bath Ballet. And right now, we're about to go back to our interview with Heather on Fatima. So, um, Heather, what's the moral or the overall message of this movie? I think definitely it's to keep faith in what you believe in and in yourself because we see how the, tr the town treats Lucia and her cousins after they find out that they've met Mary. And it's really harsh. And she never gives up her faith. And she always knows what the truth is. And even though no one believes her, she sticks to what she knows. And she never backs down. So what would you say, like, her character traits are? Would she be brave, strong? <laughs> She's very loyal to her family and her cousins and her mother and her faith. So she's very faithful and she's brave. She's brave because even the mayor and doesn't believe her, even the priest doesn't believe her, and she still keeps on going. And did you have any relations to some of the characters or like shots in the film? I I think I really related to I, I related to Lucia because she's very faithful and I am too and she's She's a brave soul. I don't think I'm that brave, but I think she's she's really cool. And I think she's such a great character for younger girls, too, that it's it's okay that if, if this happened to you, it's fine. <laughs> Even if no one believes you, that's, that's your truth. So, Lucy, let's talk more about her. Did she do anything else besides try to convince people? Like, was there something that she was trying to get throughout the movie? Well, this is... A tale that she's telling so we're we're already a few years into the future so she's already aged and she's talking to Harvey Keitel's character so I think that's the difference in her we see her as a child and we see her not now because this was a few years ago but her before she died so I think that's what she tried to accomplish not to persuade Harvey's character but just to tell her truth so everyone can know in a book, because he was writing a book. So you said it's from a pretty long time ago. So do you think the sets were like what you think it would look like back then? Like they would have different clothes from now? Yeah, no, I think it was so great to the period that it was filmed, that it was supposed to be in. We see their clothing, and then you can tell how hot it is, and then it's just fields and fields, and then there's little huts and everything. I was sweating just watching the film. Because they're wearing so many layers of clothing. And I was talking to Alejandra. She says that was one of the best precious, like dressing up and running around. And she was like taking food from the set and everything. It was fun. It was fun to talk about. So do you think the acting was believable? Because 
you don't know if the actors were Catholic or not. So if they weren't, do you think they did a good job uh, acting at it? Yes, yes, I really did. I mean, we see Lucia's faith, and she prays to the rosary. And we see everyone. Everyone in the town is really, really faithful. And I think the church, too, was to that style of Catholicism in that time, the priests, and the way that they talked about faith, and especially meeting the Virgin Mary and praying to her, was it was, it was accurate. So, final questions. What would you give the star rating out of 1 to 10, and what age recommendation would you prefer? I'd give it 8 out of 10, because it was, it was really good, but then again, it was a little bit difficult to relate to. And I give it 14 to 18 ages, plus adults. Sadly, that is all the time we have, so let's take a break. I'm your host, Ethan Purston, from the Sunshine State, Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attraction. Today's show is sponsored by Gigantosaurus, the biggest, fiercest dinosaur of all. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ethan Person from the Sunshine State, Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking with Heather on Fatima. Now we're going to listen to Heather interview some of the cast members from Fatima. Hi, Heather. I loved your performance in Fatima. Like, your character was so mean. Is there oh. any way that you can relate to her? Oh, my God. Well, thank you for, for your words, uh, as far as my work, not as the... <laughs> uh, well, uh, yes, I think this, this character, in a way, it, it starts being shown as a mean mom. Um, but uh, what I tried to to do, and, and I hope that this passed through, um, is uh, that this mother 
got a bit confused about what was happening that suddenly her daughter comes home saying that she saw Virgin Mary and then she says this and has this message to peace, love and pray and learn to read. And, and that's, a, that's what's going on. Uh, this mother was always, and, and I was, I was uh, able to, to read a lot about uh, her mother. Uh, she was very tough, yes. I wouldn't go to mean, as a mean mom, but she was tough and, and uh, lots of kids to take care of, a uh, house to take care of. And, and um, uh, I'm not saying how, I think she, this, this mother didn't get, didn't understand what was happening Uh, and all the, the, the behavior that she has around this subject and this happenings, it's, um, it's not right. I, I wouldn't do it as a mother. Um, I don't think she, she did the right thing, but this is how she dealed with all that was happening and it was not under her control. Uh, so it was acts of despair. Of the, is that the right word, despair? The desespero. I'm not, I don't know if I'm saying the right word. My English is not that good. Sorry. It's great, actually. Um, but I think this, this, actually this mother ended up get, uh, learning a big lesson uh, because she was being a bit selfish in a way. She was thinking of herself and thinking of how everybody's going to look at us and how they're going to think, what they're going to think of us. And not, I, my character, was, the mother, she was not focusing on what does my daughter need? What is my daughter going through? Uh, I'm not believing in my daughter. And that's really not good. And that's mean. <laughs> Not intentionally, but that's that that for me that's one of the messages that this character brings from, with through the film to any mother. I think that is we have to be on our kids' side. We need to listen to them. We need to believe in them. If they're feeling whatever they're feeling, it's because it matters. It's because we need to be by their side. We need to protect them and we need to stand up for them. And that is the big lesson I think this, this woman uh, got from, from this happening. No matter, it, it doesn't matter if, if, if she believes that the, the lady showed up or not, but she has to believe in her daughter. That's very important. Yeah, and we see how Stephanie's character, she goes through all these things, and just based on what you said, we can think already of how much easier it would have been for her if she had her parents' support, because we have... I, I, got, I just got the chills right now. <laughs> just Really, I'm serious. So you can't see, but I'm... I did, because that's, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's so hurting, and, and it was hurting me and, and, and uh, Marco Dalmaida, the actor that plays Antonio, that plays her father. Sometimes we would talk to each other, like, oh, it hurts so much. We're not, when she's alone, she's on her own. She's, no one believes in her. No one is standing up for her. And we can see, like, how you were saying about how much you wanted to protect Stephanie. How was that developing that relationship before actually filming? Uh, it was. Uh, it had to be quick. 
uh, I met uh, Stephanie uh, the first day of rehearsal. So we were already trying to build the conflict between us before we knew each other or met each other or had a single conversation. So I was, I was actually concerned about that. And I spoke to her parents and I said, well, can I take her out for dinner? Can we do something together? And we actually did. It was really nice. Her parents are amazing. And so we went for sushi. We, 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 we had fun together. And we created this bond, like, in, instantly, actually. And, and I'm glad it was that way because we didn't have the m- much time. I love I loved the film and I loved watching you. I can't wait to see how everyone responds to the film and how they respond to you and everybody else and Stephanie I can't wait thank you so much for talking <laughs> thank to me. you thank you it was so nice it was so nice to hear you your what you got from the film thank you very much thank, thank you. you for talking with me <laughs> you're listening to kids first coming attractions today we're talking with guests from the Batman franchise the one and only Ivan on Disney plus and Swan Lake Bath Ballad and now we're going to continue listening to Heather's interviews with the cast from Fatima. Joaquin, I'm so sorry. How are you? Hi, hi Heather. I'm Joaquin, great. that's the Spanish way. That's okay. I'm used to all kinds of pronunciation. Okay, so I just wanted to know, so what about this film spoke to you and drew you to it? Because you have such a long list of films that you've worked on. Well, it, this is not the first time I do a film about Fatima. If you saw the list... Many years ago, I did another film uh, for the same subject. Uh, Actually, you know, this is a story, the story of the the three shepherds. We've learned it since we were kids because everybody knows it in Portugal since it's it's, it's a big thing, an event that took place in 1917. So it's one of those stories that comes from parents to kids. We all learn about Fatima. And then Fatima is a a reality here. It's a big, uh, there's a big... uh, uh, church where the Pope here and there comes, where a lot of people go all the time. The, a lot of people walk there because they, they ask for, you know, they promise to the Virgin, whatever, something to, to go there and walk there if, if some, whatever they ask comes through. Uh, some, most of the time it has to do with health things. So, um, yes, so this time I was, I played the priest that was the, 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 the village priest that first doubts that what the kids are saying is true. And then, like everybody else at the end, was there to, 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 to witness the event. And it's actually funny because, you know, uh, I'm not a believer. I'm not, a, I'm not religious. But I read a lot of the letters from people that were there that day and that wrote to their nieces and whatever. And it's funny because the, the, the people describe the, 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 what they saw uh, and they all coming from different people because there were like 70,000 people there. And it makes you think something happened that day. That is for sure. And what I like about this film is that contrary to, opposite to the other one the last time, this film is more seen than in, in um, based on witnesses and based on, on facts um, and also based you know, on the, you know, the, it was the Republic had just started in 2011. So we had seven years of Republic. So, so they were very, very threatened by the, by the church and by all these 
kind of events. They thought there was always some the the the, the monarchy trying to come back and and restore the monarchy. So it's 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 an interesting film in the in terms also of the political spectrum of what was happening in in Portugal at the time. So I I want to delve more into that. How was your relationship with the kids was did you guys meet before filming to create this relationship no because they started filming the, with the kids just the kids first and then they had the and they had the you know they had the rehearsals with the kids so i i can when i came to 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 try my clothing that's when i met them and that's when we we first started you know getting to know them and uh, believe me they had been already rehearsing for a, for a, for a little while they they knew they knew everything already by heart they had memorized everything so the, and they were there with their parents you know okay. uh, and there, there were three there, there were the three of them they were spanish so they, they they and they lived in different different parts of spain so they had you know the parents had to come and go uh, either there was the mother then there was the father whatever but um, no, it was, it, was, it was good. We had to, to, to know, especially because, and I was the priest that's supposed to be the, the priest that knows them from, from you know, because in those, in those days, the priest knew everybody in the, in the village. And uh, so it had, that's where the, the mother would go to, to ask for help, especially because the mother really thought that the girl was going nuts, you know, and was creating a lot of trouble in the <laughs> village. Um, so that was that was a lot of fun. Alrighty, thank you so so much for talking to me. I can't wait to see how everyone responds to this film and how they respond to your performance. I loved it personally. Thank you. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, and now we're going to continue listening to Heather's interviews with the cast from Fatima. So you are the youngest cast member. So what was it like being the youngest on set? Was it fun? Yeah, it was fun because everybody was like with you. So how did you prepare for your role as Jacinta? Well, my father is an actor. And one day they just called up and said, is your daughter an actress? If she is. Um, then I have this part for her. I think she would be perfect. And so we did a, self, a, a selfie casting from home. And we sent it. And then they liked me, and we went to Madrid. And in Madrid, I got the part. That's incredible. So I, I know now that the miracle of the sun is a really big story in Portugal, but did you know it? No, I actually... Didn't know it. I am from Spain, but no, I didn't know it. And it was That's really interesting when I saw it. It was really cool. So you work with really, really big stars in this film. How was it like working with them? Well, I've, I've heard that Sonia Braga and Harvey Cartel were, were in this movie, but I wasn't working with them. Their scene was already was already recorded. Mm-hmm. And uh, I worked with Joaquin Gameda, that he's kind of, really, he's really important. I also worked with 
Lucia Moniz, which is important in Portugal. How do you relate to Jacinta? What do you mean? How do you relate to her? Like, are you spunky like she is? I mean, she has a lot of faith. Are you like that too? And you're really loyal to Stephanie's character too. Yeah, yeah. They they said that um, Jacinda was the most courageous. And I think I am the most courageous of my family. And <laughs> I think that's the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you, what do you hope audiences take away from Fatima? I hope they take away, like, a good memory from the, from the 20th century. <laughs> Let's take a break. I'm Ethan Person from the Sunshine State, Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attraction. Today's show is sponsored by Gigantosaurus, the biggest, fiercest dinosaur of all. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ethan Hurston from the Sunshine State, Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've just finished listening to Heather's interview with the cast from Fatima, and now we're going to listen to Ishan's interview with Thea Sherrock, the director from the one and only Ivan on Disney+. Plus. Hello, I'm Ishan Mani reporting for Kids First, and today I have the pleasure of talking with Thea Sherrick, the director of Disney Plus's highly awaited upcoming film, The One and Only Ivan. So I have to ask, what motivated you to direct The One and Only Ivan? I read the book originally with my kids, and they absolutely loved the movie, uh, the book, sorry. And um, I just felt that this was going to potentially make a really fabulous, heartwarming, inspirational, charming, educational movie, all of which 
came under the perfect um, house of the mouse. <laughs> Definitely. So this is your first Disney film and Disney's first live action slash animated hybrid film. Are there things that the you know about the Disney brand that influenced your directing and your creative process for this film? Very much so. I would say that their huge experience in this world of animating animals was an enormous help to me. So by the time we got into shooting, they had already made The Jungle Book, obviously. They'd nearly finished uh, on Lion King. Um, So I felt like I was in the best hands possible. And I think the other thing is that I always wanted to try and make sure that we managed to, to get the tone of a Disney movie absolutely right so that it's accessible to everybody within the family, which is a really important message from, uh, for Disney. So, so what was your favorite part of making this film? Um, gosh, you know, I mean, the thing I love most in my job is, is collaborating with others. So whether that was with Mike White on the script, uh, working closely with all the actors, uh, which is probably always the bit that I love m- the most, but also on this one, I really loved finding out more about the technical aspect of, of animation and how all of that works. And it was genuinely fascinating. So um, overall, it's, it's been a really a very, very special, um, a special process. Of course, yeah. And I mean, it's pretty groundbreaking, you know, to be, you know, Disney's first live action and animated hybrid film. That's an amazing, you know, achievement to have to your name. Yeah, so, I'm, 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 you know, I'm delighted that they gave me the opportunity. Of course. So what message do you hope that viewers will take away from watching The One and Only Ivan? Well, I hope that particularly in this time, um, viewers can take away a sense of hope and of courage and that friendship is possibly the most important thing we all have. And that kindness can go a long way and a small act of kindness can go a very long way. And sometimes it's the difference between making somebody feel really happy and good about themselves. And I think in this, in this moment when we only really have each other to lean on, I would hope that that level of message comes through even more so and resonates with the viewers of the film. Thank you so much for talking with us today, Thea. It's been a pleasure. You too. Thank you so much. I'm Ishan Mani reporting for Kids First. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we've talked with the executive director from Batman, some guests from Fatima, and the one and only Ivan on Disney+. And now we're going to switch over to Celine's interview with the cinematographer from Swan Lake Bath Ballet. Hi, I'm Celine Wise, supporting for Kids First, and today I'm talking with Nicola Daly, the director of photography for the short film Swan Lake Bath Ballet. This short film is truly beautiful, unique, and a work of art. I should explain that Swan Lake Bath Ballet is a modern version of Swan Lake, filmed entirely remotely in filmed bathtubs of 27 elite ballerinas from around the globe. Welcome, Ms. Daly, and thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk with me. Thank you for having me. 
You're welcome. This short film is so interesting, especially since it was filmed remotely using Zoom. Was that part of its appeal for you? Yes, we had, we filmed it, well, we were on Zoom as in me, who uh, was the director of photography and the director and choreographer, who's Corey Baker. We were in London, so, and I've still never met him. So we met over Zoom and he explained the project to me and said we would have lots of dancers from all over the world, but they would all dance in their homes, in their own bathtubs. And I, we were in lockdown in the UK at that point, and so I was not doing much at my house. So um, I said I'd love to be involved, and it sounded like a really creative and interesting project to do all remotely. Definitely. It sounds really interesting. Can you describe the process of filming and editing this various production challenges you experienced in making this film? It was quite challenging because, as you've said, Celine, it's all done remotely. So the dancers actually film themselves on their iPhones or Android phones. And so we would sit on Zoom and um, I would help them frame each shot because the director and I at the beginning said we wanted, we didn't really want it to look like a homemade sort of video. We wanted it to be cinematic, as cinematic as possible, really, in under the circumstances of what we could achieve, you know. Um, and so the dancers filmed themselves, but we had to work out, and it took quite a long time to work out how to get their iPhone feed, if you like, to Zoom so we could see it. So we did that, so we could see everything that they set up. And so I spent a lot of time saying, frame it this way a bit, up a bit, left a bit, you know. So often the dancers were on their own or sometimes their family helped them. So their moms, their partners, their husbands, their wives. And it was a real, it's one thing that I really love about this film, actually. It was a real group effort. So everybody pitched in. This film was commissioned by the BBC Arts, Culture and Quarantine. In what ways fancy were they involved in the direction of this project um if any. As, yeah as far because i i wasn't the director or the producer but i think that they just um i think corey as the director and choreographer i think he pitched his idea to them and then they commissioned so many short films that as you say exist in this um, set of short films called culture in quarantine but i think they left him alone really to do as creative stuff as he wanted to do um he's made some really brilliant other dance short films that um people should check out i think he's made one which is the first dance film made in antarctica where she's dancing on the ice so he he likes a challenge as a as a director and a filmmaker so he's the perfect person to sort of do something in quarantine remotely how did you see culture being changed during quarantine? I think it was, there was lots of really interesting projects, I think, that you, that you could see on your phone or people were sharing sort of viral videos. There were a few dance ones. I don't know if you saw them. There was a Paris ballet one where they were in their houses dancing that was beautiful. So I think lots of people made some really interesting creative stories. Yeah, and I think it's mm -hmm. sort of made you think outside the box. Lastly, 
What do you hope audiences will take away from watching this film? I hope they just, I think people love it. It's had so many four and a half million views or something. So I think people just are enchanted by it and think it's beautiful. And, and I think I just love that. And the music is obviously iconic. So, and there's so many beautiful dancers. So I think it's very memorable, which I love. Well, I definitely agree with all of that. Thanks so much for talking with me today, Miss Daly. It's been a pleasure. As a dancer myself, I am enchanted by this production. Thank you. <laughs> it's now streaming on BBC iPlayer and BBC social media. I watched on Facebook. I'm Celine Wise supporting for Kids First, and today we've been talking with Nicola Daly about the new film, Swan Lake Bath Ballet. Bye now. Bye, thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our team of Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press4Kids, KidsWorld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced from the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Gigantosaurus, the biggest, fiercest dinosaur of all. I'm Ethan Purston from the Sunshine State, Florida, reporting for Kids First. Goodbye. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.